This is exactly right. favorite murder the minisode we read you your emails to us um to each other and, and to you to you you're included in this this is your congratulations special. this is your podcast did you know you started a podcast oh my god congratulations it's doing good <laughs> it's doing great we're real proud of you do you want me to go first sure if you want i mean why change why change it up i mean i mean <laughs> dear steven georgia karen and furry animals starting with the engineer I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm compelled to tell you about a murder that happened in my hometown of Woodstock, Connecticut. Mm. Woodstock is a very, very rural town in the northeast corner of the state. It's primarily middle to upper class with lots of open space and cows. <laughs> On <laughs> December 12th, 2005, 44-year-old Judy Nyland went out for a jog and never returned. The next morning, police found Judy's body. Her head had been beaten, her jogging pants pulled down, her hands tied behind her back, and there was a rope wrapped across the front of her body and around her neck. <sighs> Her body was found in a shed located on the property of Woodstock's most famous resident, Carol Spinney. Oh, shit. Do you know who that is? No. Let me, I'll yes, tell you. Yes, but no. I'll tell you. Okay, tell me. Don't worry. Thank you. I'll tell you. <laughs> the, that name may not jump out at you, but the names of Big Bird and Oscar, <gasps> Oscar the Grouch certainly would. Re Recruited by Jim, Jim Henson himself, Carol Spinney was the voice and puppeteer of Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch on Sesame Street from its debut in 1969 until his retirement in 2018. Wow. Now back to Judy. Finding her killer was not difficult for police since a, since a receipt signed by 36-year-old Scott D.O.J., that's how it's spelled. I don't know how it's pronounced. Mm. DOJ was found in the road near Judy's headband and blood. Uh, DOJ worked as a caretaker on Spinney's property where Judy's body was found. He claimed he accidentally hit Judy with his car and in a panic hit her body. He claimed the rope was used to hoist her body up into the shed. The state's attorney stated that Judy's injuries were not consistent with being struck by a car. In 2007, DOJ pleaded guilty to kidnapping and the murder of Judy. He was sentenced to life in prison. Later, DNA evidence linked him to a rape in another town that occurred in 2004. He confessed to the rape and had 20 years added to his sentence. Judy's family later sued Carol Spinney, claiming he had foreseeability in hiring DOJ due to his history of burglary, suicide attempts, and mar marijuana use. Mm. Uh, yeah, I believe this. Uh, I believe this case was dismissed. Carol Spinney died on December eighth, twenty nineteen, at his home in Woodstock. Judy Nyland was beloved by the town as she was the social worker at the town's middle school. Oh. Every year, the school children pay tribute to Judy's memory with a five k road race. Oh, that's beautiful. Stay sexy and don't get murdered. Love, Jean, your fellow latchkey poster child. Oh, I that's, that's such a like what a horrible yeah. thing. Everyone I mean, obviously, involved. I mean, obviously, yeah, Judy, that's horrible. But oh, God. Yeah. 
yeah that it would be like on it's it's somehow involved like dragged into your yeah house property or whatever and then somehow people are trying to say you had something to yeah. do with this or you're somehow responsible which i'm sure you ask yourself too it's not you know like could i have done something could i have known yes you know? you're like you're associated with that person right. yeah that that's, that's horrible sad. that's that actually i have to say that one feels almost like a legit like small town secret yeah because i've never heard anything like that and you never hear and i mean no. you wouldn't have ever heard it like you go to that town and you would never know based on right it. Mm, right really sad okay this one starts greetings to you all I've just found out the slightly spookiest thing that happened on a road I drive on all the time and have to share it with you guys because I know absolutely no one else in my life will be interested at all. <laughs> the slightly spookiest thing. It was the day after Surrey Police's annual Christmas party in December 2002. That's Surrey, UK, by the way. Uh, and they received a call. <laughs> not, not Tom Cruise's daughter, Surrey. Okay. <laughs> and they received a call out saying that someone had reported a car veering off the A3. And then it says major road, kind of like a highway, I think. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> with all lights blazing. So this car veers off the road. Police turn up at the scene and weren't able to find anything or really any signs of a crash until someone found a Vauxhall Astra nose down in a ditch covered in undergrowth. Nearby, they found a body and established his identity after checking the registration number of the vehicle and was later confirmed by dental records. The only thing, the body is reported to have been skeletal or decomposed. Going by forensics, they worked out that the crash had happened almost five months earlier in July. <gasps> oh, no. It's speculated that the driver had suffered severe injuries and crawled out the passenger side of the car and died in his attempt to climb up the steep embankment. The driver had been uh, wanted by police since July 2002 on robbery charges. He was last seen enjoying f drinks with his friends in West London, and his brother had reported him missing. So, yeah, in December, a car is uh, seen to come off the road, headlights on. Police find a total car, batteries long expired, covered in undergrowth that crashed in July. Was it a ghost crash, a ghastly replay of whatever went down five months earlier? Or Ooh. was someone reporting an accident they knew about but didn't want to be involved with the final with and finally their conscience got the better of them? Ghost crash, for Definitely. sure. Or yeah. is there another car and occupants that did go off the road that night and they are still <gasps> down there? They're down there. This is my biggest fucking nightmare. All of this. All Getting of like a crash and then but no one knows you crashed. Yeah. I'm going to be thinking about this all night and never going to be able to look at that patch of road the same again. B. Crazy. I want to know the. I want to look at that patch of road now and see how cars can disappear in it. I bet it's so easy if you if you think of like a, an embankment, you you can't see any any part, but like the right when you like drive off, probably it's it yeah. But like I mean, it's such an easy thing to do in my mind. Is it filled with bushes? Yeah, like, like over undergrowth and like a lot of like so fucking. Let's clear that shit out. You don't need it in there. Totally. Totally. It's highway bushes. That's right. Get rid of it. If there's cars down there, mm -hmm. like the idea that there's more than one crash like that. I know that they're like, well, we found it. And it's like, no, keep just looking. three feet away. Oh, my God. You know, what's funny is the majority of mine were ghosty or ghost based stories. So On Halloween, um, man, right around the I write everybody wants. And I'm sure we asked for them, <laughs> although I can't remember. Um, but yeah, there's so many good ones. OK, so. <laughs> I circled the wrong one. Oh, sorry. 
God, remember when we used to go in the office and Stephen would hand us the stories all printed out and we would star which ones we were going to use or circle them and we yeah. had, and we were near people and each other and each other in a in a small enclosed room. Uh, hello all. This one begins. Hello all. I've been searching for something interesting to write y'all about since I started listening sometime this year. And then in parentheses, I don't know when because time is nothing. Mm. Today, it suddenly struck me that I might have some stories of interest since I spent my youth growing up in a funeral home. <gasps> But just struck them today. Oh, my God. What's normal to you, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Since there's nothing super interesting about growing up in a funeral home, except that I may have shut my little brother in a casket <laughs> when we were children. <laughs> I also thought everyone lived in a funeral home, and that's why they were called homes. Additionally, when my family moved into our first non-funeral home, I was confused about where we would put the bodies. As an adult, I also found out that every Christmas, our presents from Santa were hidden in the bottom part of display caskets, the lower par part that is never opened during a funeral. Oh, my God. <laughs> but this story is about none of those things. Okay. When I was a teenager, I would sometimes work for my dad at the funeral home, moving flower arrangements, cleaning, creating memory boards, etc. One afternoon, my dad asked me if I had drawn anything behind the clock at work. Mm. I was so confused and had no idea what he was talking about. He assured me that he wouldn't be mad. He just needed to know. I told him that I had not, and he immediately went back downstairs without explaining any further. I followed him down the stairs to find that he was telling this story to my mom, younger brother, and Chris, the other funeral director who worked, works at the funeral home. Still without explanation, he told me to get in the car. <gasps> On our 10-minute drive to the funeral home, my dad explained about the clock. He told me that he had taken the clock down a few weeks prior to spring forward for daylight savings. He returned the clock to the wall, no problem. Then, earlier that day, while there was a family having visitation at the funeral home, he noticed that the clock had stopped ticking and went to change the batteries. When he pulled the clock down off the wall, he found that a woman's face had been drawn on the wall. Oh, my God. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Once we arrived at the funeral home, my dad very theatrically took the clock off the wall and there it was, a woman's face. Mm -mm. But it but it was not quite a drawing. It looked more like a burn. You could clearly see the tracing of the hair and eyes, nose and mouth of a skeleton. No. Now, now that I'm writing this, it seems insane, <laughs> but there it was. My dad, Chris, and I began to share stories of the motion sensor going off in front in the front entrance when no one was there, hearing our names being said when we are by ourselves <sighs> and not wanting to go to, into certain parts of the building. The building was sold off soon after that, and I often wonder if the new owners have experienced anything strange. Hope this warmed your Halloween spirit. <laughs> SSDGM Kelly. I'm mad at that one because it's nighttime right now and I have to go to bed soon <laughs> and it's not going to go well. Sorry. What was that? I just heard a ringing sound. I did too. Was that you? Yeah, but I don't know what it was. Because it wasn't my doorbell. The dogs both heard it too. Oh my God, what was that? Karen. <laughs> what? Do you have a bell in your house or something? <laughs> what the fuck? It sounded what like was it was coming that? outside from like the door. Like not outside, outside, but like outside of the room. What'd you say? It sounded like it was coming from outside the room. And they're all, are they looking? 
No, like if it were the doorbell, my dogs would be going yeah. batshit bananas right now. Hey, uh, what was George that? George did not like that. What was that? Oh my god! No, no. She's like, Mom, oh, I'm no. scared. George is coming. George is like, I'm gonna stand by you, okay? I'm scared. <laughs> Georgie, what do I do? I don't what know. What was that? You keep going. <laughs> you, you have a ghost. Then we keep going. Hold on. I just need to tell. I mean, we're leaving this in, right? Yeah, of course. Like this, these dogs will fucking bark if I like, you know touch something incorrectly they'll yeah. go off yeah that noise just happened which i both I heard of, I have these earbuds in so i didn't i can't hear what's around me yeah it's like muted and they just both turned like this they didn't stand up or bark or do normal dog things when a What's noise the oven? do you have the oven on are you baking a casserole right now like you like to do on sunday nights here's what i don't like the back door is open <gasps> karen don't close the fucking back door now <laughs> well let's see if i'm come back okay. I'm, I'm taking this nail file with me <laughs> i don't like this at all come with me george what are you i don't like it either <sighs> who's even call the police ch- karen who's that child that walked by <laughs> staying at your house <laughs> is your, do you have a- <laughs> who's that child in the boating clothes right why is there a 19th century child in your house i'm so mad at these dogs it's the only reason i bought you it's for moments like this. <laughs> and Georgia just has her back to me. Uh, okay. All right. This isn't a scary one, so that's good. Oh, good. Okay. Um, this is called the death bell. <laughs> I mean, at Karen, the death bell at Karen's house. I don't need it. <laughs> okay. My teenage mother questioned a Tucson mobster. And then it says, oh, oh the 70s. <laughs> Ladies, I love you both. Moving on. My mom is a teenager living just outside of Tucson, Arizona, in a small town called Marana in the mid-1970s. My mom is not a murderino. She not a fan, she's not a fan of murder, creepiness, or swearing. In short, <laughs> she would hate this podcast. <laughs> hey. Hi, mom. What's up? No, knowing this, I didn't quite take her seriously when she offhandedly mentioned that she interviewed an Italian mafia boss in high school. Really, mom? Mob boss in Arizona? Sure thing. (laughs) But she proceeded to tell me how in 1974, my straight-laced Catholic grandmother drove her in in their wood-paneled station wagon to the downtown Tucson office of Joe Bonanno, head of the Bonanno Italian crime family. Wait, have we talked... Have we talked about the Bonanno crime family recently? I don't think so, but it sounds familiar. It, everyone, yeah, the it's and then it says the Bonanos along with the Colombo, Gambino, Genovese, um, hmm. Lucchese crime families make up the five families of the Italian oh. mafia, mafia. So they're like the one of the big ones. Those are my five favorite. Yeah, the top five, <laughs> top five, top, top five, five favorite, um, best mafia families. So they, it sounds like she must have had like a like a class where it's like interview someone of note in tucson and she's like how about (laughs) joe bonanno the head of the fucking bonanno italian crime family how did she get that interview well i don't know then it says as a junior in high school she learned through newspaper research no internet in the 70s kids that joe bonanno retired to tucson (laughs) my mom in her girl in her school girl naivety assumed his criminal past must be far behind him since he was an old man retired to a warmer climate 
<laughs> Apparently, my grandparents assumed the same thing as they voiced no opposition to her plan. She said he seemed like a regular old man who gave the impression that he has done his time for his crimes and his image was just vastly distorted by the media. Alas, mm-hmm. he did, he divulged no mob secrets to my teenage mother, who would surely have eagerly reported them to her English class on Monday morning. <laughs> My grandma waited outside in a station wagon until my mom finally traipsed downstairs after inquiring about the crimes of one of America's biggest mob bosses. (laughs) I can only assume she posed no threat to his criminal enterprises. And luckily for my mother, she left her meeting with only a funny story to tell years later. Turns out Joe wasn't done with his life of crime. And years after my mom's interview, he served prison time for contempt of court for refusing to testify in a federal racketeering case. Mm. Perhaps sometimes he chuckled to himself in prison, remembering the precocious (laughs) high schooler who had no qualms about interrogating him. (laughs) Ah, we can only hope. Stay sexy and don't take your teenage daughter to meet with mobsters. Uh, (laughs) Janae. Wow. (laughs) That's hilarious. Interview someone of note in your community. But also, because you know, um, and I've, I know this, uh, factually because I've watched The Sopranos, Uh but like, you know, that whole thing where you're not supposed to talk about it directly because there's, it's like I work in, in garbage disposal or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sanitation. Sanitation. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's like garbage disposal's not a thing. <laughs> That's in your sink. I work in a garbage disposal. <laughs> I work inside it. Um, so she can't, I can't imagine. Do you think she said it's because you're a big mafia guy or she's like, you're, you're one of the best, you know, sanitation, <laughs> right, uh, right. management. You've made so much money through construction and sanitation <laughs> companies. Yeah. No, I think she and knew he was a mob boss. And she's like, well, he's done. Maybe he'll tell me about how what it was like. Dick, what, you know, talk about some of the um, work parties you used to go to. Like, what? What were your Christmas parties like every year? What stories could he have told her? Know. That he's like, well, I can't tell you that one. That one gets a little gory. Let's see. We'll tell you this one. Yeah. I mean, I kind of <laughs> love it. I do too. That's awesome. I wonder if we can get a hold of that high school newspaper. <laughs> Is that what she was doing it for or her own paper? I don't know. Yeah. Personal paper. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Goodbye. 
There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. All right, here's my last one. This says, uh, hello, I hope you're all staying positive and testing negative. Sweet. Beautifully done. My 95-year-old grandma is an asshole. That's right. I said it. She's incredibly charming, narcissistic, emotionally manipulative, and just an overall bitch. She's very wealthy and has her lawyer on speed dial. I have been in and out of her will more times than I can count. Oh, pretty my God. <laughs> yeah, we're in it. I love we're it. in it to win it right now. Pretty sure I'm out now because I didn't call her on my birthday. <laughs> the fuck? Genius. But she once asked her daughter, my aunt, if she wanted anything of hers when she died. And my aunt said she only wanted the diamond necklace she's loved ever since she was a little girl. A few weeks later, the velvet box arrived at my aunt's. She opened it up and saw that it was the necklace setting without the diamonds. A note in the box... A note in the box said, since you love this necklace more than me, you can have it. Oh, my God. She fucking sucks. <laughs> on the paper. Okay. I have a plethora of stories like that. But the one I want to tell you is how my family suspects that she might have killed her brother-in-law over 60 years ago. <laughs> my grandpa has five brothers, and one of them was named Melvin. Melvin had a huge gambling problem. 
Rumor has it that he used to play with Al Capone. Wow. (laughs) He was always borrowing money from my grandparents, and my grandma hated it. One day, Melvin and my grandma decided to go for a boat ride on Lake Michigan, and my grandma was the only one who came back. What the fuck? She claimed that he got extremely drunk and fell off the boat and drowned. When the body was found and an autopsy was done, it was noted that there was a huge gash on his forehead, um, in which my grandma explained occurred... To which my grandma explained, it occurred when he was falling off the boat. It also came out that Melvin was in more trouble than ever with the Chicago mob, and he'd been begging for more money than usual. We think my grandma was over his crap, got him drunk, hit him in the head, and pushed him off the boat. The police never questioned her story. Mm. I'm sure she charmed the pants off of them. Oy vey. She has never confessed to this or even uttered his name since his death. Thank you for all you do. My father died suddenly a few years ago, and he was the kindest, smartest, and simply my best friend. He broke the cycle of horrific abuse and became the absolute best husband and father. Till the day he died, he was unfathomably kind to my grandmother, in even though she didn't deserve it. She definitely didn't deserve it. Stay sexy and don't go boating with evil grandmothers. That was beautiful i mean this is That's what i'm in it for everything about that she fucking yes. totally killed him but like what if she didn't but who cares because she would have like it's not like it was like above her i mean it's just how do p- two people on a boat yeah. it's just the two and then one of them falls off and drowns. Mm-hmm. Then just think of the acting that has to start the second you've committed a murder. Yeah. And now the whole boat ride in, you're like <gasps> warming just up me. your face. Me, me, ma, moo, me, me, moo. I love New York. I need New York. I love, I need unique New York. Oh, hello, officer. Just oh. me. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. Thank you. My acting. Thank you. Yes. Okay, this one, I'm not going to say the name, the title. Hi, Karen in Georgia. Every week, I always wish I had a good hometown murder story. But when I heard the request for celeb meetings, I knew I finally had my story to submit. (laughs) Victory. Yes. I met Oprah Winfrey. What? (laughs) Yes. I worked in restaurants in New York for years and years. And then it says too long. And about five or so years ago, when I was working at a trendy upscale tapas restaurant, my fucking favorite, tapas, tapas I sat down uh, for our service meeting and found out that Oprah was coming and I was selected to be her server. <gasps> the restaurant was very intense about celebrities. Only me, my back waiter and my manager were allowed to speak with her. I was Mm -hmm. to have a super small section so I could focus all my attention on her. If other guests were to ask her, were to ask about her or try to take pictures, my job was to deflect, 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 Mm -hmm. i.e., is that Oprah? Oh, I don't know who that is. Would you like another glass of wine? (laughs) Oprah sat down with Stedman and I approached her acting all cool and casual while freaking out on the inside. She asked me how the margaritas were. I told her they were the best I'd ever had. And then it says, <laughs> honestly, true. Oh, my, good. my other tables asked me if that was in fact Oprah. And I'm sorry, I couldn't deflect. I mean, it's Oprah. <laughs> I told them to act cool. She was warm and kind and absolutely everything you think she would be. Um, her looking up at me and asking me about margaritas is forever burned in my memory. The best part was when she got up to leave the restaurant, it was like the Queen of England was exiting the building. (laughs) She stood up and I'm not kidding. All the other people at their tables waved and stood up and she literally waved goodbye to the whole restaurant as she left. (laughs) 
It's fucking Oprah. And that's says, yeah. don't worry, she had a bodyguard. She was safe. Yep. Since then, I've gotten to wait on some cool peeps, but no one will ever top Oprah. Mm-hmm. This was such a New York moment, and I can't wait till the day that I can be in a New York restaurant again with those same same feelings of magic. We've been through so much, especially the restaurant industry, yeah, mm-hmm. which truly has some of the most amazing, creative, interesting people on the planet. Please support your local restaurants in whatever way you can. Yeah, stay sexy and live every day like it's the day you meet Oprah, Elise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've also been Oprah. You we have, don't have to go into. You we have. don't have to go into my. Yes, we, do. we don't have to go to my home. On Ellen? But mine doesn't count. We, no, it was a uh, when we worked a when I worked in Chicago. Oh, right, of course, yeah, you yeah. in the building, and she couldn't have been. You know, I was very much uh, prepared to have it just be very, all business because her her show had just wrapped. They just wrapped oh, yeah. twenty five years of basically like getting an A plus every single day on a daily show. Yeah. Like she, with that show, she deserves every single ounce of everything that she has. Totally. She has taken something which she used to do regular like Jerry Springer style shows back in the you know early eighties when it started, mm-hmm. which is what every show was, and she made that show into what it was herself, entirely her. Amazing. Um, she's a genius, and she's super fucking cool and real, and understands who she is to other people. I have like chills right now. Yeah, Legit. she really does. Like when she would come through the the room, it's not like any. It's not it would, there was never any kind of pretense yeah. or like she would come in and be like, hey, guys, like I heard you guys are all meeting today for like she would just come in like she also worked at the company. It was mind blowing. It's yeah. almost like that. It could sound pretentious. She walked through the restaurant and waved at everyone. But it's like, no, but not, not for Oprah. It's like, no, no, no. It's reality. She understands. Yeah. I like that idea that she understands what she is to other people. And that's what yes. they want from her. Yes. Oh, my God. And there it's. Yeah, Amazing. it's really cool. Oh, it's, and she, she's like playing it correctly where she's like almost like has a sense of humor yeah. about yeah. being in that position of like. Yeah, and she knows like every exalted. single person is going to go home and tell someone I saw Oprah Winfrey today. And they're going <laughs> to say, yes. what was she like? She was the best. She waved at everyone. Yes, exactly. <sighs> you have to look at it from that way. Remember when we were at Moza? Now, I'm, now I just want to talk about restaurant memories because yeah. it's so sad and no. feels like when will it come back? But um, that's the thing, too. If you see like that person, great email. And also mm-hmm. a waiter and a, a wait, wait staff. It, they're in a very specific position because yeah. you have to like, you have to basically immediately pretend you're best friends with this person totally. and have no weirdness because you're trying to give them a good experience. Yeah. But for the other people, just know if you see a celebrity in a restaurant, do not talk to them while they're eating. No. If there is food anywhere near them, yeah, just don't wait till if you love them so much, go outside and wait till they're done. Yeah. Yes. But like to do it while they're they, you you're volunteering to make them hate you. Oh my god, that's true. With just like a spoonful of soup right up to their mouth, right. and then you're like, ah, I'm so sorry. No, you're not. And you're then doing Sedman, it on purpose. Is he going to keep eating while you're <laughs> hugging Oprah? Yes. No, yeah. no. Let <laughs> her have her wait. gazpacho. She went out special. <laughs> That sounds like everyone handled their shit there. They did. I love yeah. it. Um, send so us your uh, stories about scary sounds and ghosts and, and also celebrity meetings and <laughs> I don't know, whatever else you feel like sending. It's kind of, um, it's like a rando October. We're it just going to do what feels good 
until we don't feel like doing that anymore. I feel anymore. like this whole year has been a rando October, really. Yeah, it has. You know. One long rando October. That's true. Um, um, thanks, guys, for listening. Persevere and stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? Ah!